0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, September 9th, 2021. How do you seek the presence of somebody who is invisible? What does that look like? You can't see them but you want to be in their presence. These are the questions we're going to have to ask if we are to understand Psalm 105. And we're going to look at that today. We're wrapping up the Psalm with verses 39 through 45, but I want us to remember how the Psalm started. In verse 4, it says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Well, What does that look like? We can't see God, uh, but we also know he is omnipresent. So I can't see him. How do I pursue his presence? But also I'm always in his presence. So don't I obey this by default? What does it look like? And I think the next verse really gives us a good practical answer, maybe not the only way to seek the Lord in his strength and his presence, but one way that really the rest of the psalm focuses on. And in verse five, it says, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. So there we see a call to remember what God has done. And then he walks through it. We we see Abraham, we see even Joseph, Uh, Going down into Egypt, we see God delivering them from Egypt, the plagues, the death of the firstborn, and then we get to the end of it today where it says, "...he spread a cloud for covering and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quail and gave them bread from heaven in abundance." He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham, his servant. So there, it it reminds them of just the leading of God with the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. We're also reminded of just the provision of God through the food and the bread from heaven, the quail, and also the water from a rock. And all of this, God's direction, God's provision was linked to God's promise. So do you want to seek the Lord in his strength today? Well, then you need to make yourself aware of what God has done. You need to keep in mind ways that God has directed his people, or even how God has directed you. You need to keep in mind ways that God has provided for his people or ways that God has provided for you. And you need to remember that all of these things are based on the promises of God. If we're supposed to seek the Lord and his strength, Well, the strength of the Lord is really going to come from remembering the strength of the promises of God and the power of his direction and his provision for his people. And the result should be joy. Again, we saw that at the beginning of the chapter in verse 3. It says, Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. And at the end of the chapter, it says, so he brought his people out with joy and his chosen ones with singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. So you need to seek the Lord today. You need to seek his presence today. And you should do that by remembering what God has done. And obviously in this case, it's encouraging them to remember all that God has done in scripture. And that's one thing we like to do on this podcast is highlight all the ways that God has provided and all the amazing things that he has done. But also, if you are a believer, you should be able to add just some personal things to that list of ways that God has provided for you, ways that God has directed has directed you, and ways ultimately that you have seen God keep his promises. And I hope that gives some practical ways to apply Psalm 105 now that we've finished it up of just remembering what God has done, remembering his direction, remembering his provision, remembering his promises, because those are the things that you need to lean into today to seek the Lord and his strength. Now, also, when we're confronted with how does somebody seek the Lord, you know, he is high and lifted up. One thing that God highlights that he wants in the people who will seek him and the people that he will let find him is humility. And we see a very powerful presentation of that today in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 17. And this is the familiar story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Now, let's remember the prayers of these two men. Uh, They... The first was this Pharisee, and he's telling this to people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. And the Pharisee prays, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. But beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And there we see something that we all need to listen to uh, because I think there's some ways all of us will be tempted to try to justify ourselves or trust in our own righteousness. Where the only path to salvation and really seeking the presence of the Lord is going to come through a humble admission of sin and guilt that then leads to an amazing expression of forgiveness and cleansing. From God, but there are a lot of people in this world that are still thinking like the Pharisee, and I hope that it's none of you. That the prayer might not be the same today. That tax collectors aren't known for their that their sin in our society, but today you might be looking out and saying, God, you know, thank you that. I am not like that that drunk guy that lives down the road from me. Or thank you that I am not like that uh, jerk at work who who's always bugging everybody. Thank you that I'm better than him. God, thank you f- that I'm not like those liberals that I see on TV, or those that have rejected uh, you and your design for creation by embracing all of this sexual perversion in our society. God, thank you that I am not like them. Well, You may not be a drunk, you may not have bought into the cultural revolution, you may be a nice guy to work with, but if you have never come to God and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, then you're not saved. And again, you might not have used those exact words, but the idea of coming to God, admitting I am a sinner, I need a savior is a huge stumbling block for many people. And that's part of the reason why I think Jesus comes to in this, in the last section and says, uh, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a child shall not enter it. That there's almost a point of humility and simplicity. That's like a child that we all need to come to if we are going to be saved. And, And that's something that I hope you have come to understand and that you're not listening to this podcast saying, God, I'm so thankful that I'm not like those people. Look at me. I listen to Christian podcasts and I do all the right things. No, we can never earn our righteousness that way. Our only hope is in Jesus Christ because we are all sinners and he is the only savior. Now, let's um, move on to Proverbs this morning, and one thing I think we see from Proverbs this morning is a warning against excuses. We look at Proverbs 26 through 29 today, and in chapter uh, 26, starting in verse 13, it says, the sluggard says, there is a lion in the road, there is a lion in the streets. Uh, And what's going on here is he's making up excuses. He's not going to go to work because oh, there's a lion in the road and it might get me right? He, this isn't a legitimate fear, at least that it's the way it's presented. And this comes right after the verse before, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. A man who is wise in his own eyes is never going to learn anything because anybody that comes to him with even a rebuke or even just a uh, helpful suggestion, it's all going to be excused away. And anytime they do something wrong, they will make excuses for it and they won't learn from their mistakes. And this excuses leads to laziness as a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. But also, we see laziness and excuses go together. We, we see the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes. So watch out for these guys that are wise in their own eyes. And oh, if you're a sluggard, you're probably wise in your own eyes. We're also warned against the excuses in verses 18 and 19, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. All right, that's an excuse. And then next it says, for lack of wood, the fire goes out and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Now how's that connected to excuses? Well, I've n- never met a whisperer that's just, "Oh, you know what? I am just a hopeless gossip and I just love stirring up trouble and I just love, um, you, you know, talking about everything that I know I shouldn't be talking about." Uh, no, that, that I've never really met somebody like that. Most people that are whispering and talking about things in hushed tones, they always have an excuse. They always have a reason why they think, "Oh, what I'm doing is okay." And that's where I think all of us need to look at our own hearts and our own words and say, hey, is there trouble that I'm stirring up because I'm talking about it? Or if I wasn't talking about it or thinking about it, this wouldn't be an issue for anybody. So there's some ways we can be warned against excuses through Proverbs. We also see the importance of good leadership. In 28, chapter 28, verse 2, it says, When a land transgresses, it has many rulers. But with a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability will long continue. When a land is led by a ruler of understanding and knowledge, the the nation will be stable. Or verse 12, it says, when the righteous triumph, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. It is not good for a society when the wicked are rising to positions of power. And then verse 16, a ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor. But he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. The importance of leaders of integrity. So I think we can look at our society and unfortunately see ways all over and throughout the decades that society has suffered when there are leaders that aren't people of integrity. And take this as an opportunity to pray to pray for our leaders, and also to pray that God would be gracious and give us leaders who are people of integrity, people who hate unjust gain, and people who will do what is right, people of understanding and knowledge. Take Proverbs 28 as an opportunity to pray to that end. And speaking of leadership, Titus 1 really focuses on the leadership of a church. And like 1 Timothy 3, it gives us a list of qualifications for a pastor or an elder, uh, really describing the same office. And Titus is very similar to 1 and 2 Timothy, it's known as one of the pastoral epistles. And uh, although this one is written not from Paul to Timothy, but Paul to Titus, who seemed to be a young pastor on the island of Crete there in the Mediterranean Sea. And Paul left him there. And one of his jobs was to appoint elders there in the different towns for the, the churches. These were meant to be the leaders in uh, the church. But also I think we see a little bit of the heart of a pastor or a heart of a leader in just Paul's introduction when he says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in the hope of eternal life. And there, I think that's a decent mission statement for for any pastor. And therefore, it should be the desire of every Christian. I want my faith to grow. I want to grow in my knowledge. And those two things will be linked. And that is going to lead to godliness and a greater hope in heaven. Are those the things that characterize your spiritual life? And even just my heart behind doing this podcast I hope it builds your faith I hope it helps you grow in your knowledge I hope that leads to godly character and just increases your hope in eternal life which God who never lies promised before the ages began and there we come back to the promises of God how can you seek the Lord and his presence how can you seek the presence of someone who is invisible by trusting in his promises and living your life based on them